Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons. We will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. He asked, "What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. Let's connect with them and pick their brains." But first, a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and raised in Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college, and I love working with students, faculty, and staff. And now, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I'm not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York, for many years, and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their intimate secrets. Whoa! <laughs> Just kidding. We will offer information you may not find anywhere else, though. So stay tuned. In today's episode, we travel to Cary, North Carolina, to chat with Herbert Walker. Jean and I are super excited because Raleigh, which is about 15 minutes east of Cary, is a consideration for our own retirement. I don't know if you know this, Jean. But people call Carrie the containment area for relocated Yankees. <laughs> Herb grew up in Washington D.C. Earned a bachelor's degree in accounting and business administration from Morgan State University. Herb was a program analyst with the federal government for thirty years, and he retired in October of two thousand nineteen. Herb is really enjoying retirement. Here are some of the activities and interests he has: hiking. Watching sports, road trips, exercise, and wine tasting. Yeah, and he's also a volunteer retirement coach. I'm dying to hear about that. Yeah, what is that? Herb's motto is "Life begins at the end of your comfort zone." <laughs> that kind of scares me, but I get it. And he notes, retirement is awesome. So, Herb, thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. Walk us through why you decided to move to Cary, North Carolina, from Washington D.C. Good morning for having me. It's um, Saturday morning in Cary. It's a bright, sunny day. Not a cloud in the sky. I just came back from the gym. It's beautiful here, and I'm going to kind of go back a little bit. Like, how did I actually get to this point? Like I said before, I spent 30 years in the、um, federal government. I discovered around the twenty seventh year that I was out of gas mentally. I loved the job, I loved the people there, but I had really had enough. And at the same time, something happened to me. I started looking at, well, what can I do, or how can I make this happen? Because I was going to do the retire for sixty two and get the pension and get the little extra ten percent. And all of a sudden, I realized that. I'm probably not going to make it to that time, 
So I worked in an organization where people put a high emphasis on money and finances. And at the same time, I discovered something called a FIRE movement, which is the Financial Independence Retired Early Movement. And I started looking at, listening to podcasts. I went on the internet. I heard about Mr. Money Mustache. And I tried soaking all this information up because I had a commute, 75 minute commute to Washington, D.C. every day. Wow. And I spent wow. all this time looking at this. And I said, you know what? Is it possible that I could retire? So I asked God, I said, God, I went to the universe. God, how do you want to put it? Your definition of it. And I said, God, if you allow me to retire, I will spend my life encouraging other people to live a life of freedom. Because who said that we have to retire at 65? Who made up that rule? (laughs) I know, right? And I started challenging that. So what happened was, was that at the agency I worked with, we had every month we had uh, financial people come in to us and speak to us as in our group, some brown bag kind of special and one day at, while I was at my off my desk, I was just listening to this guy on, from the conference call, and I liked what he said. And so I made an appointment with him, and I immediately went down and showed him my portfolio, what I had, and I'm strutting, and I'm like, yeah, I saved a couple of dollars here. <laughs> and he looked at it, and he said, Mr. Walker, I'd like to see you with more money. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> so he was politely telling me, that I didn't have enough to retire for the lifestyle I wanted. So I was a little bit discouraged and I shared this with a friend. She listened and then something came over me and said, well, why don't you just try to get to the goal? He told me what the goal was. He told me what the number was and I thought it was impossible to reach in the time frame because I wanted to, I wanted to retire. I made in my mind at that time, I wanted to retire immediately after I became eligible for full benefits. Well, I decided to start putting all my money into retirement. I just started, I just became disciplined and I cut out a few vacations and so forth. In one month before I became eligible to retire, I made the number that he said. Wow. And so I looked at it as a sign. I also had another issue. The IRS said, you owe $20,000. I'm getting this letter. I'm like, I owe $20,000 and I'm about to retire in a month. And at this point, I hadn't shared this with just a few close friends. Well, I hired a accountant. We cleared up. We cleared up the paperwork, and it came down to three hundred and forty dollars. So I took this all as a sign, like this is time to go. <laughs> so in the government, there's a website that has a countdown clock, and the countdown clock tells you when you are eligible for what we call um, MRA, minimum requirement age. And in this case, I had to be at least 56 years old and I had to have 30 years of of public service. And at this point, I'm counting down. I see the clock and the clock is ticking. And on September, I think it was September 20th or something like that. I'm at dinner with a friend and we're drinking wine and we're having Italian meals, delicious. And it's on a Friday. And I said, at 12 o'clock midnight, I become eligible. (laughs) (laughs) What a great feeling, man. (laughs) And that night, Saturday morning, I woke up. I said, I am eligible for full benefits. Monday morning at 8.30, I went into the director's office and told them I am done. (gasps) Wow. Wow. They were shocked. 
<laughs> because I never gave any clue that I was going to do this. And this came from years of experience mm. because part of my job, which I won't go into because I just don't tell people what I do. People just ask, don't tell them. But part of my job was is that you, <laughs> you had to come. I'm sorry. Are you an FBI agent? Um, not an FBI agent. Just say that I put out fires in my job and I'll just leave it like that. Okay. Like that. <laughs> that was I part like of the it. job. Okay. But anyway, um, one of the things people had to do was they had to come through me before they left the agency. Whether you were going to another job or whether you're retiring or whatever, you had to come through me. You had, you had to go through certain sections and I was one of the people on the list. So I got all these years of experience of people that had retired and then you hear years later or a year later, they had passed away. You hear people who had stayed and had six-figure pensions and they passed away. And that influenced me. And I had to figure out, could I live off the money? Because I was taking a big pay cut. And I figured out, thank God I have Southern parents who taught me kind of a modest lifestyle to be happy with experiences and relationships and not so much with things even though I have to admit, I like to do a lot of things. <clears throat> I realized that, and next thing you know, October 31st, five days before my 57th birthday, the day after the Washington Nationals won the World Series, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was retired. Ooh, nice. All right. It was the most amazing feeling, and it was scary, too. And I think that that's why I got the phrase that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Because I knew that financially I was leaving a lot of money on the table. But mentally, I also knew that I was done. And physically, I wasn't in the best of health. I thought I was. Until a friend took a picture of me from the side view profile. And I realized I looked about seven months pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I, shouldn't I said to a guy who exercises and done things like jump skydiving and stair climb the second tallest building in North America seven months after having a heart procedure. Well, I realized that this was not a good look and that I was not taking care of myself physically, even though I love what I was doing. So I think the stress of the job, I was eating more, maybe drinking my wine, this not taking, this not exercising. So I knew that I needed a change. I had planned on leaving and relocating, but the tough part was I was leaving my family and friends and I was relocating and I had never moved any place in my entire life. And I was doing this alone. So at one point I was nervous about it, but on the other side, I was excited about it. So the pandemic hit, Four months or five months after I retired, which I was not planning on, of course. It was a part of my retirement plan. And then I stayed in Maryland. And then one day I said, you know, you said you was going to retire. Everybody's telling you not to relocate in the pandemic. What is stopping you? Well, I had a lot to lose, of course, because I wasn't healthy. And I kept thinking, well, you have a lot more to gain by relocating. My friends thought I was insane. And it's not the first time they thought I was nuts. And I relocated to Cary, North Carolina without knowing anyone. Now, how do I pick Cary, North Carolina? Cary, North Carolina actually was the last place on my list of cities. 
I had researched places over the years. I had been to Phoenix, Arizona when I retired. After going on a trip to the West Coast, went to Phoenix, Arizona. I enjoyed Phoenix, Arizona. It was beautiful. Problem was, it was way on the West Coast. And I heard about $300, $400 utility bills. I got a little nervous. (laughs) And I heard about the, the, the weather being so hot that people are literally had swimming pools open 24 hours at some of these apartment complexes. And I was like, oh boy, this is really hot. And I thought about COVID. <clears throat> when COVID came, and I said, that's just too far to be away from home. I said, my first choice was Tampa, Florida, because I love the beach. Matter of fact, my email address is beach lovers for you ladies out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I... That was my first choice because I love the beach. I love fishing, love the outdoors. Perfect place to be. Well, COVID hit. I have an 85-year-old mom that's still living, and she's in D.C. And I picked her because I wanted something that I can go back to. If I had to go back to home, I can go back in immediately. I'm four and a half hours away from home, but I'm 300 miles away. With that, I researched cities. I wanted a city that was... Not so close. I wanted to be in a small town that was that was close to a major city, but still had that small town feel. And I realized, even though I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I was in the suburbs of Maryland, my last one, I kind of was in that situation in Maryland. I was in Montgomery County, one of the biggest counties in the country, but I was in a small city called Germantown. And so I was called kind of like in that field. So Carrie became appealed to me, even though I was kind of warned to be frank about it from my friends. He said, Herb, you know, the, 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 the stigma or the myth of the South. And luckily for me, I have family in the South. And they told me, I mean, being an African-American man, I had concerns about how would I be welcomed? Well, I have family in the South and they basically told me that, you know, the South gets uh, a bad rep, um, reputation sometimes because people think that is not very diverse and not friendly. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to my family, they were just the opposite. So if a person doesn't like you, they kind of let you know. So I like that up front. If you don't know, you don't like me, let, you know, that's fine. So I finally decided, I finally moved to Cary in July of 2020. And I did something that was kind of unusual for me. Normally I came to Cary and I did a little scouting trip a month before, checked out Carrie to see how it is. And it was nice. I looked at the place. I had made up my mind I was going to select Carrie. And I looked at other apartments. But one thing I wasn't used to is that we're still on Tobacco Road here. So some of these apartments have uh, smoke, uh, smoking apartments. They're not non-smoking. And in Maryland, I was used to every all the apartments being non-smoking. Well, that's not the case here. Some of the buildings are non-smoking, but not a non-smoking community. So I had gotten approved by this apartment complex, and I liked it, but I wasn't in love with it. So I kept looking around, even though I've been approved, and one day I came across this place on the internet. I loved it. I loved on the outside, and I actually spoke to the leasing agent, and he did this all on the fly. We did a virtual look at the apartment. He picked out the, we talked for 40 minutes. Oh, wow. He picked out, he got so, we got so comfortable with each other. He said, Mr. Walker, I'll pick out the apartment I think you would love. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm actually going to get an apartment that I haven't seen. (laughs) 
I really going to do this? But he, they checked off all the boxes. They were in my budget. It was a new apartment community. In March, it'll be two years old. They offered free one month's rent, no security deposit. And I was the key thing was that it was a non-smoking community. I don't know if I mentioned that. Also, I was going to be the first tenant in the apartment. Oh, whoa, nice. I said, sign me up. So when I came down here on July 17th, I was coming to sign the lease and looking at my apartment for the first time. That's nobody yeah. has seen it. I didn't know. Matter of fact, technically, I'm in Apex, North Carolina, which people say, What is the Apex? And I say the same thing. I don't even know what is the Apex. I say the same thing, but it's basically around the corner for Cary. So I tell people officially, I'm in Cary. And I saw the apartment building, and it was one thing I loved and didn't love. I had I had mixed emotions about this. Okay. One of my favorite desserts is the Dairy Queen Blizzard. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that. Sure oh, yeah, we are. Of course. <laughs> but my friends know that I love Dairy Queen. They'll, we'll go out to dinner, her. What are you going to do? Let's have dessert. And after, after, after having dessert with the meal, I said, what are you doing next? I'm going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> Look at me like, this guy's nuts. That's after dessert at the restaurant? After dessert at the restaurant, I go to get Dairy Queen and get a blizzard. <laughs> That's worse than you, Gil. Uh, I know. Okay. I know. Just remember that. I'll take ladies on dates and take them to Dairy Queen. They loved it. <laughs> so let's, after dinner, let's go to Dairy Queen. They're just like, oh, my God, this guy's so cool. <laughs> so anyway, where I live is literally across the street from a Dairy Queen. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's, a, that's a sign. <laughs> that's a sign. And I was used to just the, the, the ice cream Dairy Queens. They got two kinds, one to sell ice cream and one to, the, the full service one would sell food. Yes, yes. I'm across the street from a full service Dairy Queen. <laughs> it's literally a three-minute walk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no and way. And so the two things I love, Dairy Queen, Blizzard, and pizza. The pizza, local pizza restaurant is three is, is across the street from the Dairy Queen. I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to gain 400 pounds here and go on cardiac yeah, arrest. Yeah, that could be trouble. And, and so I said, in my, I said, this was the place for me. How is the, yeah, how's the pizza down there? You know, I think if you come down here, you might be a little disappointed compared to New York. It's okay. But the thing about what I love about Carrie, too, is, is that it is so big as far as Raleigh dorm area. I'm just scratching the surface. They have tons of restaurants here. And the diversity of restaurants actually surprised me. It's not on the levels volume-wise as a New York or Washington, D.C. or a major city. But they have plenty of them here if you're willing to drive a bit. I'm within 10 minutes of everything I need, including like four grocery stores, CBS, tire places, you know, things from mechanic, all that is right within a lot closer than I thought. The pizza is going to be a little disappointing from until you find it. You're going to have to look for it. The college town may have some good pizza, the college towns, right? Yes. And, and I would say that I'm confident that they have it, you know, part of it's COVID and part of it's looking, you know, looking for it. And, but I know probably by the, the great thing is that I've made enough friends here that I found okay pizza, but I don't think New York has anything to worry about at this point. They're not known for that here. <laughs> but the big question is, is there a Trader Joe's near you? 
They're not. I think there's a actually in Cary, there's a Trader Joe's within 10 minutes. Ooh, wow. A 10 minute drive. You'll so, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I And the funny thing, like I said, that, that was the thing that surprised me the most because I didn't do that type of research. I just kind of assumed because I had friends telling me there's nothing to do in Cary. You don't like her. And then I called my friend when I arrived and said, you know, it's been 20 years since you've been here. A lot has changed. <laughs> and so it all those things. Oh, and this is also we I'm, I'm seven minutes away from a Whole Foods store. They have Mercedes. They have no, I'm sorry. They have a Maserati in Cary, a Maserati dealership. They have a Rolls Royce dealership oh in Raleigh. Yeah, so let's not say that there's no money here. There's <laughs> money here from, like you said, from the north. They're coming down here. There's money here. As opposed, as a result, you have all the services and things that you need. May not be as in abundance, but is here. So Herb, talk to us about healthcare. Was that on the list? I'm assuming it was. And how has that been treating you? Well, it was a major concern because I have cardiovascular disease and I've had a heart, I think I mentioned earlier, I have a heart, I had a heart procedure. So that was one of the things that I was concerned about was the healthcare. I was going to go someplace to make sure that there was plenty of healthcare and it was very, not just adequate, but just pretty good healthcare because I was used to in being in the, you know, the Maryland, Virginia area, Maryland, DC area that healthcare is one of the finest in the country, especially John Hopkins and so forth. So the Duke University is here within a half hour. We have other hospitals that are a lot closer. So the hospitals is, is top notch. Matter of fact, um, I had a little bit of health concerns when I came here in the past, I guess, six weeks. In a, in a six weeks time span, I went to like six different doctors and the doctors were great. I found these people online, but that wasn't the, the great thing about online is that you can they do reviews on doctors as well. You'll get a true feel for the doctor. I found a great primary care doctor. And then I kind of went from there. So I'm very comfortable and I was able to get. Now, the thing that was a little bit different, that I was a little bit spoiled by was that I had a primary care doctor in Maryland. I can call them on a Monday and see one of the doctors the next day. Nice. That was very common for this particular practice. Mm -hmm. Here, it may be a week, maybe 10 days. It seems like, you know, they have a lot of people moving here now. So you're going to have to have patience in that area. But once you get in, it's fine. It's pretty good. And you said you've met, you mentioned that you've lost some weight, huh? Yes. What I did was, the one great thing about relocating was that I love my friends and my family, but I had some bad habits and it wasn't their fault. I'm responsible for with the food I put in my mouth, but you get into a routine. And so when I came down here by myself, I had to develop a so-called routine. And one of the things I wanted to do was lose the weight because when I retired, I was obese. The doctor wanted me to lose weight and I needed to, but I love food. I'm not going to say and lie to you. I'm, I'm one of those people if I'm married or living with a woman, I'm like, hey, we having breakfast. Like, okay, what's for dinner? She's looking at me like, you haven't finished breakfast yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you want to know what's, well, yeah, I want to know what's for dinner. I'm thinking about food. So anyway, I started to walk. I was concerned about COVID. I'm three miles away from a beautiful park that has on the water, has water in a lake, and it's a two-mile loop. 
And I have now very easily do 15,000 steps in one day. I do that five times a week. I walk, I practice intermittent fasting. My first meal is at 12 o'clock. I eat from 12 to eight, but I still eat what I want. Not as much, I I eat better now. And I've lost 35 pounds. Whoa, congratulations. Thank you. So my goal is to lose maybe another 20 pounds. Whoa. Then I'm going to start going out to the baby boomers and say, get off your butt and stop telling me how great retirement is. Get off your butt at eight o'clock. Get out there and start walking. (laughs) But I have to be the example first. And that's turning into my passion. Yeah, I thought walking was boring. Walking, in my opinion, is the best exercise you can do. Hands down. Well, it also helps to walk in a nice area. Yes, it helps to walk in a nice area. And that was one of the great things about Carrie, too, which really surprised me. I didn't know how I was going to be welcomed here. So I got here and I started walking and I'm walking around and this is African-American man in the summertime with (laughs) shades on and a mask on his face. (laughs) In the summer, when COVID numbers are going down Mm -hmm. and I thought people were going to look at me like I was a bank robber or something. And it's like, (laughs) no, they spoke and they said, hello. That's the charm of the South. Nice. In Maryland, people are nice, but they're lukewarm and they have to warm up to you. It takes a lot of energy for you to get people (laughs) to start warming up to. Lukewarm. Love it. Lukewarm. But here in the South, they'll start speaking to you. They'll have questions. They'll ask you things that you're not ready to answer, but they'll do it. Just the other day, I was walking with a lady. We had seen each other. We walked and we say hi. And she just immediately stopped me and she says, Herb, I'm reloc- I'm moving 20 miles away in the other part of the direction. Give me your cell number so we can keep in touch. That was our first conversation we had. Oh, that was nice. That was sweet. That was nice. And she introduced herself. She was actually from New York. Of course. And she <laughs> hey, was warm. Herself. And we all talked about how we love it here. And that's another thing about Carrie. I was surprised how many people relocated and lived here. And they were happy. People have re- The people I've come into have relocated here and they've stayed. They have not left. They all have a story and they have not left. Whether it's the person at Walmart, whether it's the person that has their own business, it doesn't matter. you got a lot of transplants here. Yeah, and I love that. That's what brings all that diversity. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere without feeling that same kind of welcomeness. I mean, I can deal with the lukewarmness. I mean, New York can be cold, right? And, um, but I talk to strangers and they talk right back. And those that don't, well, they keep on walking and that's fine with me. And New Yorkers are warm. There's just too many of them. And it's, it's, it's tough to, um, to get along. And when there's so many people, it's, it's just the hard thing to do. Yeah. But, so, but inside New Yorkers are very warm people, I think. Yeah. Herb, what kinds of entertainment are you close to? 20, 25 minutes from downtown Raleigh. There's a lot of arts and things, museum. I have to admit, I haven't checked that out, but I'm going to do that in the spring. When the COVID numbers are down, I'm in a little bit better shape. That's the great thing that about being here is that you really have so many options, more than I expected. Like I thought it was going to be Raleigh and that was going to be it. Well, I'm in downtown Apex too, and they have restaurants and theaters. Downtown Apex kind of reminds me of Mayberry RFD. It's like it's like the Back to the Future time warp. You go down there and it's like three blocks long. But that's the charm of it. That makes it or you can go to Durham or you can go again, like I mentioned, Raleigh. 
you're in that triangle area. So there's plenty to do. And matter of fact, um, one thing, another thing that surprised me was the outdoors. There's like so many places here to go walking, hiking, biking. You really have a lot of things. It's not going to be at the level, the cultural level, of course, of a major city, but you can spend you can spend a, a lot of time getting involved and looking at different places around here. There's plenty to do. A lot of things are shut down because of COVID, but I'm gonna start going to the museums in the spring. I'm gonna take advantage of being retired and go during the week instead of on the weekends. So it's it's really a matter of what the options are for me. Would I exercise those options? And and I know you said you like sports. I know COVID's around, so you haven't gone yet. Do you plan on do you plan on going to any Duke or North Carolina basketball games? I I don't like the Duke team. I'm from Maryland. I, I, don't, I, I don't either. I root against them. I, I still root against them, even though I'm living here. I'm not going to go to a Duke game ever. I, but I, but I am going to go to a dorm Bulls game because I'm a huge baseball fan. I can't stand to watch baseball on. TV for five minutes, <laughs> but I'll go to a baseball park in a minute. It's something about the charm being around the crowds. I've been around spring training in Florida. I've been to 12 baseball stadiums, major league baseball wow. stadiums. Nice. I've been to all California baseball stadiums in one week. Wow. I am really into that. And so when those things come up with the sports, mainly they got tennis courts here. I'm going to learn how to play tennis again. This is on the benefit of losing the weight. So I'll start playing that again. Nice. Yeah, the sky's the sky's the limit, but no, no, no college basketball for me. Maybe a college football. Maybe I'll go to a college football game. And I'm two and a half hours away from Charlotte. So I'm sure once COVID, once we get up and going at full capacity again, I'll go to a Charlotte, um, I'll go to a Carolina Panthers game. And no, no. you said you're near, you want to see the Durham Bulls. Gil, did you know that Durham Bulls were the inspiration for the movie Bull Durham? Uh, no, but uh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she wants to know that. <laughs> yeah, can you tell my excitement? No, no, no. I mean, look, that was... Um, a great movie. Well, yeah, older women, yeah, older cougar, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I saw it. I have a, a separate question, if I may interrupt here. How was the physical move for you? Was there a lot to, because you lived your entire life in the D.C. area, was there a lot to unload? You know, what was that like? That's a good question. Um, I made a decision when I decided to retire, to retire and relocate that I was going to leave the past behind, that I was going to make a fresh start. So I was renting this three-bedroom house and had a basement, and it was full of stuff. <laughs> and so instead of me going through all the stuff, I said to myself, when is the last time you've been down here to look for something? Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been down here in like two years, <laughs> you don't need it. That's right. That's right. So I hired somebody, a friend of mine, a friend of mine referred me to somebody and their job was to just take all that stuff. I didn't even look at it. Wow. So you I them, take it all. I gave clothes away. I said, I'm going to make a fresh start because this is a new beginning for me. I'm reinventing myself. So the memories that I have are the memories in my mind. And that was tough to do because, quite frankly, I'm a pack rat. I don't throw things mm -hmm. away. But I knew that I had to do that for me 
And I was wondering how my emotions going to be. And it's interesting because you don't know it until it happens. And then they come and they take everything. You look in this room and the room is just empty. And I said, this is the opportunity now to create new memories. And I think some of the things that people do and they have to be careful of is that your life is a book. And when you, on chapter 45, don't go back to chapter 23. In other words, you're flipping back in the past. It's okay to do that, but you're now moving forward. Don't live your life looking in the rearview mirror. Ooh. Look ahead. Me getting rid of that stuff. Yeah, I hired a moving company after looking around for the moves, and I paid a little bit more for that than I anticipated. But that was due to inexperience. They charge you for every corner a space on that truck. Wow. Oh. So it was expensive, but it wasn't expensive, of course, moving out because I moved into an apartment. And the first thing I did was I drove my car down here, I threw some clothes down, I went back and forth to Maryland, but basically I did that for a week. And then I settled everything up. And next thing you know, I'm in Cary, North Carolina by myself. <laughs> well, you did that a couple of times. So it's like a four and a half hour drive, you said? Yes. What I did was I have my car that I affectionately call Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa is my 2003 Acura with 297,000 miles. Whoa. Mm, nice car. Nice. Yeah, good mm-hmm, car. Mm-hmm, good car. Grandpa made the trip down. No, actually what happened was, let me backtrack off that. I rented a vehicle for a week, which was the Mazda CX-9. I Ooh, love Mazdas. Nice. And so I rented that for a week. In that week, I put 1,300 miles on that car. Oh, my goodness. I went back and forth three times. And I will tell anybody this. This is something I learned if you in retirement. Get a car that feels like you're driving in a lazy boy chair. Lord, the more comfortable the car is when it gets to our age forget about speed and turns no get to something that feels like oh my god this feels so good this feels so good you're not falling asleep now all right stop it make sure and that's when i got that mazda cx9 i love driving that car i've made three trips in one week (laughs) <laughs> my brother had one of those cars and uh, the Mazda CX, nice. I remember, and I sat in it and I just hit the gas lightly and this thing went flying. So I don't know about it, about that being a, a, a lazy boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> Good for you. When I say that, you know, Mazda is a zoom, zoom, the zoom, zoom model yeah. of their company. Yeah. And so they, they focus on the driving experience more than some of the other automakers. And, and I just realized I love rope. That's when I really realized I love road trips. Yeah. yeah. So I did those things. And next thing you know, I'm here. And the reaction is kind of interesting because I'm like, man, I'm here by myself. And I'm kind of one of those people that like a challenge. The bigger the challenge, the more I thrive in it. I I like being uncomfortable. And so I realized I was in an uncomfortable situation. So make the most out of it. I actually end up being out in the public more since I've been here than I was the last few months in Maryland. Herb, could could you you explain why you decided to rent as opposed to purchase uh, real estate? I had did all the research that I could because I researched this for a couple of years and I kept hearing the horror stories of people who had purchased homes and decided six months, a year later, they didn't like where they lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I rose to, I arrived at that conclusion. I kept reading and said, you know what, before you decide to buy, rent first, because I wasn't even sure if I was going to like Carrie. 
Right. So sure. I didn't want to put the pressure on myself to purchase a home. Now I have to admit, yes, I'm a single guy with no kids and no so. And everybody asks me, well, why have I've never bought a home? That's why I said that I do things unconventionally, and mm-hmm. I get I, my friends look at me, and I'm like, look, I understand. I should have purchased a home before. I didn't do it. So for me, the adjustment was going from a three bedroom townhouse with a lot more space to a two bedroom apartment. When I realized, once I got into the apartment, I realized I'm not even using the space in the apartment. I just like a lot of space. But in the house I was renting in Maryland, I was using probably one third of the space. The other 66% of it, I wasn't even using, but I was paying for it. Mm-hmm. So I decided here that let me try before I consider buying. Now, let me also say that I looked at Cary as a transition spot, not the per- not the permanent spot. Wow. Because I felt that if I put the permanent spot, it would be too much pressure on me to say, I got to find my retirement home. I got to find my retirement home. It's like, no, you transition for a year or two, determine if you want to stay here. And if you don't, you can always go. You can always go someplace else. Yeah, great that's idea. that transitioning took away the pressure. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And what because are, when you're retiring, and I read this, retiring is stressful in itself. So if you try to retire and relocate around the same time, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so glad that I didn't relocate until about nine, eight or nine months after I retired. I needed to get that little breathing room and adjustment to not going to work and then now looking for a place. And you have to also keep in mind with me is that I still have thoughts of Costa Rica, Panama, Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't decided. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to so, follow you if you move yeah, there. Another I, I, episode. I, another episode. That's another episode. I, I haven't decided whether I will relocate or retire there. Right now, it's the states, and right now, it's it's carry. Right now, it's carry, and I, and I like and I love it here. So I'll just say for right now, we're we're, we're in the right spot for my transition. Cool. cool. And 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 what are the real estate and rental prices like in carry? Well, you know, coming from Maryland, I, I'm going to say this: coming from Maryland. It's all relative now. Coming from Maryland, I was there's it's not unusual to pay $2,200 a month for rent. The two-bedroom part in Montgomery County, Maryland. Wow. Now, where I am, I'm in a two-bedroom apartment, you know, microwave, dishwasher, all the modern amenities. I have a storage for I have my own personal storage thing that I pay extra for. I get trash taken out five days a week. And my savings is $600 a month for what I was playing in Maryland. Oh, nice. Nice. So I haven't gone into the, you know, personally, I haven't addressed the taxes issue. People ask me about taxes. I know it's cheaper, but I was so focused on the $600 savings. <laughs> I said, I know that it's not as expensive as Maryland. Maryland's one of the most expensive places tax-wise in the country. It yeah. just is. So I know North Carolina is cheaper. But I was more concerned about the rent because I, my goal was to, to live within my means with, under my, with my pension. And Maryland was taking too much of a chunk out of that. And $600 is a difference. It's not, it's not $100 and $200. I mean, people were surprised when I told them, look, I'm saving $600 off the top. 
That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Guess yeah. what Herb did with that money? Herb went out and purchased a 2020 CX-5 Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I just heard you say that you paid a little more for a storage facility. Now, Mr. Money Mustache, what do you think he would think about that? And and you've, you said that you got rid of a lot of stuff. Why are you renting a storage facility? I got rid of a lot of stuff. I ain't giving it everything. <laughs> I got rid of a lot of stuff. I had 30 years of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knocked it down to about two years, three years of stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's a little small facility that's literally right here at the community that I can walk to about 400 feet away from me. And I kept a few things very small. It's not a lot in there. And I paid for that. And, and it was worth the cost. And when I factored that in into my overall savings, that the savings of $600 a month includes that and includes trash pickup. I get trash pickup Sunday through Thursday. I did not have that in Maryland. I create trash at this point. All right. I, All right. It's like, it's, like, it's like, this is great. They come pick it up every night. They keep the place clean. So those things were fitting in my budget. At the end of the day, my budget, and I looked on, I did work on this the other night. My living expense is under 3000 a month, and that includes the new car. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Single that's man. Nice. That includes the rent and the new car. Yeah. Single that's man nice, getting yeah. out there. That's, that's pretty good. And I'm lucky, and I could not do that in Maryland. That frees up. I love road trips. And one of the selling points when I moved here, when I talked to the leasing agent was, was that he said, you're so close to the beach, you can do a beach drive. You can do you can do a beach in the same day and come back and forth. Now, close is two hours, but still, for me, mm-hmm. two hours is nothing. Especially in your new car. Yeah. Especially, look, the first the first month, I thought I was, I think I did 3,000 miles the first month. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So for those of us not familiar with the area, where's the nearest international airport? Raleigh International is probably about 20 minutes away from Cary. Excellent. Oh, wow. Excellent. So that's another, that was another, that was a major plus mm-hmm. that I'm close to a, an international airport. And people sometimes, a lot of people I notice they focus so much on like Charlotte. And Charlotte is not the capital, Raleigh is. Mm. So with that, you do have the amenities and people are starting to find out more about Raleigh. I have a friend that sells real estate and she's been doing it for about a year. She is extremely busy Wow! because the housing, people are buying houses over cost here now, above cost, above the asking price. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. When you're in a place like this, it's a hot market here. And so I have to kind of make a decision fairly quickly on whether I'm going to live here permanently because the housing prices keep going up. That's a good point. Well, you could always buy and then it'll go up and you'll make it, you know. I can always buy or, you know. I have a I have a friend in Florida. I haven't ruled it out. She's like, her, come on down here. She <laughs> found a three-bedroom, two-bath house, 30 years old. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 30 years old with a swimming pool for 225. Oh, no. Yeah. That's incredible. This brings me to the thought of weather. So I understand that Florida has four seasons and they're all hot. <laughs> North Carolina is a little more comfortable. Tell us, would you move to Florida for the weather or what's the weather like in North Carolina? 
Now, one thing I didn't do, I did not research the weather in North Carolina. That was kind of a mistake because when I got here in July, it was Africa hot. I mean, it was so <laughs> hot here. Really? And I thought that, I know Washington, D.C. is known for the humidity. And I thought that, I okay, I'm used to the humidity of Washington, D.C., no problem. I got down here in July and August. I said, I cannot go outside in the afternoon. It's so hot. Really? And so I talked to a few people. And people said, Herb, don't worry. By September, I told Herb, it's beautiful here. Don't worry about it. Just a few months. That time, and I was like, oh, my God, they're right. The weather is so nice. Now, coming back from where I was used to in Maryland versus here, the major thing here is that it's about five to 10 degrees warmer, which is just warm enough for us not to get a snow accumulation here. So you have the four seasons here in Cary. It's just a little bit, but it's warm enough. For example, one time um, recently, my friends in Maryland got snow. We got rain. So the thing that I've been told here that hasn't happened yet, they say you might have ice, you might have ice issues here. But I laugh because some of the people here, they get one inches of snow. And what I've been told, they go crazy off of one inch of snow. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often. It does happen. Right now, today, it's going to be, for me, 49 degrees in late January. I'll take that as opposed to 35 degrees in Maryland. I'll, I'm going to take that any day. Oh, now, yeah. compare it to Florida. No, it's not going to compare to Florida. But from what I hear from Florida, it gets pretty hot year round there, too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you have a lot of people coming here because you have the outdoors, you have the, you have the seasons, you have the mountains, you have the beaches, you have the diversity of the different cities. It's a lot more. I'm not not in Florida. It's great. Uh, it's just that I notice here and the cost of living compared to the north. You come down here from New York, you're going to see the difference in your pocket, like right away. Wow. And I, I want to talk about transportation Transportation for a second. Is, is there an Amtrak station around? There's an Amtrak station in Raleigh. And I think that's about 25 minutes away. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that I was concerned about because I was used to the metro and the subway in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. You don't have that here. They do have buses here, which I was kind of surprised. I haven't looked too much into the buses, but they are buses here. You're probably, and from my perspective, if you're retired, you're probably going to need a car. Depending on where you are, I would say suggest to a person, if you move down here, make sure you have a car or make sure you research the area that you're going to live in to make sure that they have public transportation in that area. It's just that where I am, the public transportation is not immediate. I don't see, you know, you have Uber and so forth here. But yes, you do have an Amtrak and you have Greyhound. I mean, for you hardcore bus drive, people who like the bus, you have that is here as well, too. So, yeah, you can have your friends come down to Amtrak and get an Amtrak. I can pick them up in 20, 25 minutes from the train station. Nice. Okay. Nice. What about drivers? Do, do like in the north, do people beep? They use their horn? No, that was funny. You mentioned that. I, the traffic in Washington and Maryland is one of the worst in the country. I think it's always in the top 10. People say, well, we got traffic issues here in Raleigh and everything. And I'm in traffic at five o'clock on a Wednesday. And it may be instead of going 65, you're going 60. 
<laughs> it's like it's not about the traffic here. Yeah, it's a joke, it's right? Like, oh. Their version of a traffic jam <laughs> is ten miles below the speed limit. Oh, Lord. that's a traffic jam here. Now, that's what I've been exposed to. And I laugh. I'm like, this guys, you have no idea <laughs> what a traffic jam. And people don't. I, I honked one time and I've honked one time in seven months and I felt guilty about honking. Oh. Nobody honks here. That must have been a tough traffic jam for you to honk. Is this like I said, you guys got to be kidding me. So people are a little bit more relaxed in the pace and they're friendlier. So I don't get that ugh, kind of a uh, aggressive, assertive nature and environment in some of the major cities. And they're not too relaxed, but they're, they're relaxed enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. we would have to dial it down a couple of notches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, would have to dial, you would have to dial it down. <laughs> but I would say that when you're in retirement and you own your own time, mm-hmm. you'll start to dial it down because now you decide – how your day is going to go. You're in control of your time. You're actually in a more of a relaxed state, but things still get done. And because you have online, I can get something online. You have Walmarts. We have all the stores. It's still going to get done. Mm-hmm. It just may not get done in two seconds. It may get done in four or five seconds, but it's going to get done. <laughs> Wow. So tell us how you got into being a retirement coach. Um, yes. How does that work and how do people find you? <laughs> well, I, it's, that's tongue in cheek. I um I say that I called myself a volunteer retirement coach because, as I talked about earlier, I said I made a promise to help other people retire early. And what happened was, it started with me going on Facebook and, and joining these retired early early groups, you know, singles uh, seeking pursuing financial independence. I found out I was one of the older people on there, so I started giving advice. So I affectionately called myself Uncle Herb because the group is mainly of 30-somethings. I gave a baby boomer advice. (laughs) So I started posting on my Facebook page and on another group, Retired Thinking Retirement. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to think of retirement in a different way. I'm trying to change the image of what retirement is. Good for you. In the past... I think it's too much been as sitting on the porch, having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or your cocktail and thinking back on your career. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's not that. It's not over. It's not over. It's just the beginning. I like to tell, especially baby boomers, that life begins at 50. So if you're 60, you're 10 years old. What did you do when you were 10 years old? You went out and played. You enjoyed yourself. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That that's great. That's so great. You had a good time. You didn't think about the pressures of life. Well, when you retire, you saved your, your money. You, you put yourself away for your future. Go out and have a good time. Go out there and travel the world. I did a list of 10 things on my Facebook page that I accomplished. And the things were from taking the California Zephyr train from Chicago to California going to Napa Valley, going on a cruise, hiking a mountain. I did these stuff in the middle of COVID, some of these things in the middle of COVID. And my whole attitude of the coaches is that I try to tell people, I don't talk to people about their finances. That's what a financial advisor is for. You're going to have to craft the life. The way you look at it, you still now have 40 hours a week that belong to you. 
Wow. What are you going to do with that time? Wow, that's a great way of looking at it. 40 hours. Make the use of that time. And some people get stuck in this. So I end up kind of coaching and encouraging, inspiring, whatever you want to put it. And, and I tell people that the average person's had something that they've always wanted to do. But now that you're retired, you can do it. I don't care if it's painting. I don't care if it's hiking the Appalachian Trail. I don't care if it's getting an RV and going across America. I'm in a group, a Facebook group, road trips across the USA. It's 47,000 people in that group. Wow, whoa, whoa. Really? And they still are, they've inspired me to go on a road trip this year. For the first time, I'm going to take a month and go on a road trip alone. Wow. You're nice. daring. Nice. I love and that. Some of these people in the group, this is the amazing thing you find out when you have time. Yeah. Some of the people in the group travel solo. Wow. Some of the women have traveled solo for months. Oh, nice for you. People are more daring (laughs) than you think, but you don't know that because you're behind the desk, you're focusing on career, you're focusing on life. I've tried to make social media an avenue to learn more about people. And some of the adventures people have done has inspired, inspired me. And you get great feedback about what you can do. And I'm going, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have my cleaning products. And I didn't even know there was a, there's an app called Live 360. In that app, you can tell the people that you feel closest to where you are. They'll be able to track you the whole time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about this. So you can have somebody looking out for you. Those are the things. There's over a million people that live in their RV full time in the United States. Yeah, we actually interviewed a couple that RV'd across the U.S. Um, right after re- retirement. Yeah. Um, Herb, since you disclosed your age, um, unfortunately for me, I'm about 13 months older, I think. So you can call me Auntie Gill. Okay, Auntie. <laughs> um, How about cousin? Cousin. Yeah, yeah. I definitely okay. think we're cousins. And I'll be checking out your list of 10 things to do, even though this podcasting has taken over our lives and I can't wait to retire um, because, because, you know, when you do something, you got to do it right. And I don't know if that's my work ethic from my, you know, long career, but, but we're, we're trying to do this right. So let me ask you, what's your advice since you are a great coach and I can tell, and we've learned so much from you. What's some, um, some hot tips for future retirees? The best one, of the best tips is, I think a couple of things. Read How to Retire Happy, Wild, and Free by Ernie Zielinski. It's an excellent book. And do this before you retire. And it talks about the lifestyle, the life. It does not talk about the finance side because you should be working on that with your advisor. Mm-hmm. From, the, from the financial side is, is that, and this kind of surprises me, but when you go from a saver and try to transition to a spender, get in the habit of enjoying your money that you've saved. Don't necessarily leave everything to the kids. The next generation is not going to take care of it like you did. You can leave money for your next, for your, your, your kids. Your leg, you can leave a legacy and still enjoy yourself. And don't take anything for granted. You know, unfortunately, my sister passed away at 65 years old on Christmas night. It happens, it happened over a period of time, like six months she was gone. I was my only sibling. Mm-hmm. And that was part of my motivation for every time I was going to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. And I got to recalibrate. But you can do that. 
look at retirement with excitement and enthusiasm instead of looking at it as a, a trip to the dentist. <laughs> Some people are too caught up into their jobs. Your job should not define you. I do not tell people what I do for a living for what I did for a living is for a reason does not define me. You're not going to know anything about Herb Walker by me telling you what I did for a living. I'm a different person. (laughs) There are too many people, in my opinion, that are still working because that's all they identify with. Your identity. God did not put us on this earth just to work a job. He put us on this earth to have a purpose. A job is part of that purpose. But you guys are doing it with the podcast. So I would encourage you to look at the podcast as your purpose so you can transition to that and go from other things. Keep the podcast and make it expand and think about the the nine to five. Because, again, we're not promised tomorrow. Seventy five hundred people in the United States die every day since I retired. I think my sister is like the 10th person. When I say the 10th person, either I've known directly or indirectly via celebrity or co-worker. I had a co-worker. She worked for 39 years and we were really close. We had a bit of a falling out. And I think the falling out came from me trying to tell her, telling her too often that she needs to retire. She took it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a nice retirement package waiting for her. She had the money. She had the house. She had everything financially laid out. He says, Herb, I'm going to retire when I get to $90,000. I'm thinking $90,000 a year. Oh, my goodness. I can't even touch that. Wow. <laughs> she got sick. No. She was at work. She ended up having back surgery. And three months after I retired, I got a text message that she had passed away. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, so sad. Did not enjoy one day of retirement. She left a son and a grand- grandmother. And my heart sunk because of my experience, as I talked about earlier, my, my job, seeing all kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm at peace if something happens to me because I retired as soon as I could. I didn't wait. And yes, I did walk away from the money. But then I realized that my budget, I can be happy at a more modest budget versus other people. You do that for yourself. So I would tell retirees, once you get your mind together, go out there and do it. It's uncomfortable. That's when you're going to have the business excitement. Focus on experiences. Leave a legacy. Go do things for you and your, and your significant others. And if you're single, do it for yourself because more single people are retiring as well, too. And just build your network of support, which is my next project. I have to build a network of support down here where people can support me just in case something happens to me. Well, we have each other's number, Herb, and I'm going to be checking in on you because you're and my I cousin. Appreciate, and I appreciate that. And, you're um, my cousin. Oh, my God. You're a cousin. And I want to um, say a special shout out to my, a friend of mine, Maria, who actually helped me. I told her that she saved my life, and she's uncomfortable when I say that. When I was trying to get back in shape, we met and we went hiking And she said, you know, Herb, she was one of the few people that got in my face and said, Herb, I think you're eating too much meat. She's a vegetarian. I'm like, look, I'm not going there with the vegetarian stuff, but I would try (laughs) to make I would try to make slow changes. And I still like my food, but I made some slow changes. She's encouraged me to get in shape, to eat better. And sometimes your friends are your friend. 
they'll want they want to see you happy. So if they see you doing something, they may not have the courage to come up and tell you and say, you know, maybe you should try something different. Well, this person didn't know me, and she decided I'm going to tell him that he needs to try something different. And that took a lot of guts to do that. Yes. And so thanks to her encouragement, you know, I now exercise more now, and you have to surround yourself with those type of people. I would tell people to focus on your health first. That was a mistake that I made. And now that's the, you know, the whole saying health is wealth is true. It doesn't matter about the money if you're not healthy. That's That's right. right. And Herb, you've given me a lot of inspiration. And I have to tell you, looking at you, I don't know that you need to lose another pound because if you lose 20 pounds, I don't know if I'd see you on that screen. (laughs) Seriously. Well, you well, you know, this is funny about genetics, and I've learned this. Okay, my dad lived to 77. Unfortunately, he's gone, but he lived to 77. My mother, my mother's 85, and my grandmother lived to be 103. Oh, wow. Now, my grandmother was not a small lady, and I'll put it like that. <laughs> my grandmother chewed, I don't know if you ever heard of snuff. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting. He chewed that. <laughs> <laughs> had her bucket next to it. That's what I remember about grandma. Oh my God. I tried that stuff when I was that's, down in That's Kentucky. your memory of your grandma? <laughs> grandma was a pistol. <laughs> and grandma sat there. Grandma had grandma had 17 kids. Oh wow. Whoa. No wonder ten, she did that. Ten, 10 girls, seven boys. Wow. Oh. My mom is the second. There's only two left. Oh. My oh, mom wow. is my uncle in San Diego. And my point is, is that my mom doesn't exercise. She does. She's not a healthy eater. She still like pizza and Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> and her blood pressure is normal. Wow. No. I'm walking oh. five miles a day and my blood pressure is moderate to high. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. But. I finally told the doctor, I said, well, maybe I need to get down to some ungodly weight to get this blood pressure down. And it's just, it's genetics. I don't care what anybody says. You got the right genetics. Like, I mean, I had aunts that lived in their 90s. <laughs> and it's just, it's not fair, but it's the deal. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to try this method to get, I said, well, let me get down. At one point, my cardiologist told me to get down to high school weight. And I said, no, we're not going there. When, <laughs> We're not going there. People start giving out, out. People start giving me donations out in the street to go oh eat. So we're not okay. going that. I don't want to go around looking, looking like you know, seeing my ribs and everything. We're not doing that. Okay. Well, on but that, I'm, on that note, we just want to thank you so much for spending and giving us your time. Yeah, thank you I so much. I know that our friendship will continue. Too bad for our audience. They can't see you. This is one good-looking single man, ladies. Uh, ladies. No kids, ladies. Divorce, no kids. No kids. <laughs> what a gem. What a gem. I guess that's a big sell, huh? Total package. <laughs> so I got the golden ticket. <laughs> We're not going to talk about what the golden ticket is. I'm going to leave that alone. They, they, right. they may not know. I'm not going to talk about the golden oh ticket. My goodness. All right. I he, have a feeling you're going to be getting a lot of calls. He's a total package. He's a not total package. All right. <laughs> and I'm not giving out his information. First, I have to, you know, ask him. But okay. Well, Herb, thank you again. Thank you so much. You've given us so much about Carrie. And really, it is back on our list in a very high point. 
love the diversity, the food, the ability to get close to a big city. And that's a big deal for us as well. And also not far from uh, our families who are also on the Northeast um, Coast area. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I won't offer this to anybody else but you guys. <laughs> if you decide you want to spend a couple of days down the curry, I got a second bedroom. You guys can stay there. <laughs> <gasps> yay! Yay! Okay, okay. But don't you heard but it. don't tell anybody else that. Well, this is on air, my dear. This is on air. Well, they don't know where I live, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you okay, so much. Okay. Take care. Thanks okay. for having me. Take I appreciate care. it. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you know of someone who relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Don't leave out that underscore. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, be well.